You are listening to your home for Michigan Athletics, 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Locate us on the web at WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And I'm in a little <laughs> jam here. I grabbed my wrong files. I have my Alger Hiss papers. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to hear about that. Although it's interesting, there is a new book out uh, about Noel Field. So perhaps we'll talk about that one day. So this is a winging it show, as they say. <laughs> Well, this is a, just to mention for listeners, uh, this is a long-term project that you've been working on. The, the yeah, that's very interesting because uh, there are parallels <clears throat> about how the uh, Republican Party used the Elizabeth Bentley uh, HUAC hearings featuring Richard Nixon as a freshman congressman in 1948 to try and damage Harry Truman. And it was kind of a fascinating uh, series of allegations, lots of headlines, lots of accusations, and uh, the history about the the whole HUAC, which is the House on Un-American Activities Committee, during the years 1947 and 1948 are fascinating aspects of American history, because in 1947, of course, they focused on the Hollywood mm-hmm. uh Folks and President Ronald Reagan, who at the time was actually president of the Screen Actors Guild, uh, did testify before HUAC uh, in October of 1947. It's now emerged that he uh, became a <clears throat> FBI informant uh, shortly thereafter. And interestingly, the FBI fed him information about his family. Uh, his oldest daughter's, his oldest daughter was actually 
tailed, as they say, uh, because she was having a romantic relationship with a police officer who might have been a little unsavory. And Michael Reagan, these were the children, by the way, that Reagan had adopted, I believe, from his first marriage um, to Jane Wyman, Mm -hmm. who he later divorced. So it's a very interesting story. It's how Nixon became a national political figure. And, of course, behind the scenes, Jagger Hoover was promoting a myth with a little bit of truth. There were some government employees that were communists to what degree they were actually feeding the Russians information uh, is another story. And, of course, uh, all kinds of news about Russia in the last week with uh, Donald Trump's appearance at the national security interview, which I thought was a big flop uh, for Trump. Hillary Clinton had her own problems because they spent a lot of time on the email. But uh, Trump uh, really blew a lot of things. I don't even think the media has focused on one of his more outrageous statements about taking the oil. (laughs) Um, I don't think he quite understands even how oil is taken. (laughs) You got to have tankers and you got to have trucks. No, you just show up with some guys at the dock (laughs) and you take over the boat from there. And uh, Iraq's oil is uh, a long way from uh, any um, ability to take it out on boats. (laughs) So you're going to have to truck it out. And, of course, Syria doesn't have any significant amounts of oil. But that, of course, is at the heart of a lot of American imperialism problems in the uh, the Muslim world, so to speak. What is Aleppo? Well, let's give out uh, Gary Johnson a brain damage award. Uh, he was the libertarian candidate asked by Mike Barnacle about what would you do about Aleppo. Aleppo, Syria, of course, has been in the news for several years. It's only one of the oldest continually inhabited cities in human history. Yeah. Like, it goes back 5,000 years. And one of the tragedies of Aleppo, of course, is that some of the uh, many, many buildings have been decimated. Historical relics have been ruined. But, of course, even worse is the incredible humanitarian disaster that's been ongoing for months. So one would think— Relentlessly, yeah. Relentlessly. And one would think, and, of course, this is— this. This is the epitome of the complexity of the Syrian civil war. Uh, there are no easy answers. There's been a ceasefire announced. We'll see if that holds. But for Gary Johnson to think that it was an acronym and have Mike Barnacle kind of pause and say, you're kidding. <laughs> like, you're running for president, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, we should be shocked uh, at, at this sort of ignorance. It's not like it's a Jeopardy show where you're just here for some laughs and some fun. And, oh, I get, get, guess I got that question wrong. Um, you're supposed to know a few things about a few things. Well, especially um, ongoing catastrophes. Right. It, I mean, Aleppo has been headline news for 
five or six months almost daily because of the incredible, incredible carnage that has highlighted uh, the brutality and complexity, by the way, of the Syrian civil war, uh, something that I don't think Donald Trump has much understanding of uh, because most of his accusations against President Obama have been false. Um, but shocking, I don't think it's ironically going to hurt Gary Johnson that much uh, in the polls. He's interestingly getting... Uh, over 10% in many uh, western states and a few southern states. So his his he it doesn't look like he's going to get enough to get into the debates. Um, I think that this latest miscue um, is a serious reflection on his inadequacies as a candidate. But let's face it, the people that support the Libertarian Party in America. They don't know who, what Aleppo is either. They don't know who Aleppo, what Aleppo is, and I joke. Aleppo is he, is he the drummer for Def Leppard? Well, I jokingly said that he was the uh, Marx brother that we never saw. <laughs> Aleppo. Remember Zeppo? Right, Zeppo and Aleppo. He's the guy who drives the car. Zeppo was the singer who appeared in a right. couple of Handful. movies and wasn't really part of the core of the Marx brothers, but Aleppo was the... The silent Mark's brother off stage. Well, I remember back to when uh, State Senator Jesse Helms from North Carolina was the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and uh, had to be corrected uh, that Kim Jong-il was not Kim Jong the <laughs> third. Right. Or Trump with uh, Corinthians, too. Yeah. Um. So it's been a kind of a surreal week in politics. Um, obviously, all of the pundits are talking about the race tightening. It has tightened a little bit. I think the last several weeks have been somewhat subpar for Hillary Clinton. Well, And part of it's been the media coverage. Uh, in other words, there's been a lot of focus on the Clinton Foundation which we should hasten to add is a international charity that's involved in health and education programs that help people basically in third world countries uh, in the area of health. It's fairly committed to uh, the AIDS epidemic. And in the area of education, it's involved in educating uh, children and uh, women, particularly who may not girls. Have access to yeah. schools, right. So this is kind of strange. Uh, there's been a new phrase. Well, it's not new, but it's been thrown around quite a bit. Pay for play. Far more revealing, of course, was the revelation that Trump donated $25,000 to the Florida Attorney General days after it was announced that the state of Florida was investigating Trump University. Um and Trump's overall performance at the national security interview, which had all kinds of problems because Matt Lauer um, probably should have been interviewing Gary Johnson. <laughs> um, he didn't seem to be on top of a lot of national security issues. Far more aggressive questioning Hillary Clinton 
the email scandal, of course, continues to be kind of a, a pseudo drip, drip, drip thing. Um, but there was another interesting negative part of Hillary Clinton's coverage. Two things. One, of course, the press conferences. There were all these Washington pundits complaining about no press conferences. They kept even announcing, dun, 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 you know, like day 220 <laughs> or something or other where she hasn't had a press conference. She finally had one. But then the other big thing where Donald Trump was spreading rumors about Hillary Clinton's health. Were you talking about the press conference on the airplane? Yeah. Last week, yeah, it was clear she was having some throat issues, drying out of your throat. And boy, I'll tell you, as somebody who has worked as a professional talker, which is part of your job as an educator, uh, taught high school for many years, you're talking all day, you're drying out the pipes. You know, that's wear and tear on uh, something that people, most people don't use that that much. So I was sympathetic to the uh, tickle in her throat there. Of course, now it's emerged that, uh, oh, my gosh, she has pneumonia. But you know what? People get pneumonia all the time and continue to work with it. It's, there's only two stories on the TV news today. It's, yeah. Uh, why was Hillary covering up the fact that she had pneumonia and uh, the whole basket of deplorables thing? which we'll talk about later, I suppose, if we need to at all. Well, and she might not have even been covering up that she had pneumonia because it is documented that she has allergy to pollen. And It's I've, been a tough year for uh, allergies. Uh, I've for personally folks. never had problems with allergies, but uh, I know people this time of year have problems with certain, you know, ragweed right. and this, that, and the other. We've had a very uh, <clears throat> hot summer to say the least well and the urgent pleas from mike pence today to, oh and you know trump's gonna have a statement too about his health but we need to see more on hillary's health well he hasn't shown any personal information no. whatsoever so it's kind of a, a absurd all we request. know about trump is that he eats mcdonald's and kfc <laughs> so that should raise some questionable flags about his overall health uh but of course uh it's ironic that Hillary would have these these problems, and of course, it's well documented that she had some sort of a coughing fit in Ohio a week ago. So she's probably been walking around with a mild case of problems with, quote, allergies and or pneumonia, whatever. I don't think there's any big cover-up here. It's kind of silly. No, I mean, athletes work through colds and sicknesses. Lots of people do. And it's well documented that... Uh, Antibiotics uh, dry you out, and it was exceedingly hot yesterday in New York City when she left, quote, wobbling. Mm -hmm. um, I generally, I you know, genuinely think it was a case of dehydration. Uh, if you're at a public uh, memorial, it's not terribly likely or terribly um, polit politic to be drinking water uh, in front of other people. Uh, and, you know, let's face it, the campaign is a grueling thing. It's physically challenging for many people. John Kerry used to always say, you have to be prepared to stay up 20 hours a day yep. uh, for six months. 
Uh, you catch some naps here and there on airplanes. You're going to get worn down. Uh, it was exceedingly hot and humid in New York City. And let's face it, a 9-11 commemoration, would, if she didn't show up and said, well, I'm feeling under the weather, <laughs> that would be challenged. That would be right. questioned. Even Fox though, News would have the uh, treason yeah. titles up. So, I mean, I mean, sometimes there are obligatory things that candidates have to do when they're not 100% just the way athletes sometimes have to play sports games when they're 100%. And, of course, another little minor thing that I think has hurt Hillary Clinton in the last couple of weeks is this nonsensical obsession with Colin Kaepernick and the national anthem. Uh, for, I, I thought that was over now. It's not. It, <laughs> it continues. It's connected to Black Lives Matter. Right. This is part of the uh, kind of pseudo-culture war that's going on in America that never ends. Um, well, there's an element of both parties that sort of is cold-shouldering the country. Uh, because there is a component of the Black Lives Matter that, you know, agree with this. I'm not going to stand for the anthem because of aspects of American history. And, you know, you don't stand or not stand for the anthem because of what you personally believe about the history of the country. You do it because it's a gesture that represents goodwill at a public event. Right. That's why they have anthems at sporting events. Hey, we're all, you know, brothers and neighbors here, regardless of which team you're rooting for, you know, whatever. Who cares? Uh, I was against the Vietnam War, but, that you know, you still stand up for the flag. Right. And I didn't refuse to say the Pledge of Allegiance because I was against the Vietnam War. I've always been really annoyed by the obsession that both sides have about the flag, um, which is a piece of cloth. Yes, it's a symbol, but it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. Then at the other side of the spectrum, you guys saw a guy grocery shopping the other day with a camouflage T-shirt that had lettered on the back. This is what an American dissident looks like. And, well, he really looked more like a NASCAR fan. But uh, it was a Trump supporter, you know, top to bottom. Um, he sees himself as a dissident because he resents the Obama administration. And, you know, to what extent he can intellectually articulate the reasons and, and crimes uh, that he sees America as having committed against himself, probably. Whereas I think most people on the left accuse America of crimes against other parts of the world or certain demographics of our own people. Uh, this is, in all probability, one of those, uh, they're going to, Obama's coming to take my guns. Sort yeah. Of guys. So. Uh, and there's a lot of that rhetoric. Yeah. And of course, you know, it was bizarre to hear Trump uh, last week at the national security interview. And we'll uh, put the word interview in quotes. I have a secret plan. When I come up with the plan, I'll let you know. And, I mean, if you actually deconstruct the way Trump made those answers uh, about his secret plan after trashing the generals, calling, uh, accusing Obama of reducing American generals to rubble, I wasn't sure if he was talking about Barney Rubble, <laughs> Barney Fife. Or Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> Which general is he talking about? 
Uh, there haven't been any generals that have been reduced to rubble under the Obama administration. That's just a ludicrous accusation. It's, and it was Bush who stretched the military to the breaking point. You know, stretched thin, excessive uh, repeat tours of duty for guys. That was the W administration. And, of course, Trump got caught lying yet again, claiming that he was against the war in Iraq. That is well documented that he was in favor of it. Uh, why that lie has continued to continue rolling off his toupee escapes me. Well, now he's going to you know, pretend until Hillary gets back out there and says some different things in the topic of the day changes, but... Oh, she has no respect for the American voter. Um, well, as Charles Blow points out in his column in The Times today. Which is a superb analysis, by the way, of the Hillary deplorable comment. Yeah, exactly. Because it shows the entire comment or, or speech that she gave in its entirety, not yep. just a selected headline in which a word or two are being taken out of context. Uh, and and then of course backing it up with the the fact that well quite a number of Trump people actually do have deplorable views indeed and thirty eight percent impolitic for <laughs> a candidate who's appealing to uh, trying to change people's minds people in the center people in the center aren't going to be siding with the Confederate flag wavers anyway. Well, and uh, but uh, yeah, the shoe fits for a lot of those Trump supporters. And it's remarkable to read that 38 percent of South Carolinian South Carolinian Republicans think that the wrong side won the Civil War. Uh, you know, Japanese internment, I think, is a little more as a view, I think, a little more defensible, though it was, a, a, you know, offensive when it happened at the time, since Germans were not rounded up and put in internment camps the way the Japanese were. Um, but, you know, that, that's a rather large percentage of the, the South Carolinian Republican Party. That's three out of eight voters. That is Trump's base. Mm -hmm. um, now, that doesn't apply a, a, across the nation from state to state. Let's remember that South Carolina was the the place where Fort Sumter occurred. Indeed. And John C. Calhoun, of course, was a ardent defender of, quote-unquote, states' rights. Uh, Trump uh, seems to have some factual amnesia or complete lack of understanding about sexual assault in the military. Began claiming that women are to blame for this problem that the integration of the military armed services are what's at fault, ignoring that half the sexual assaults are male on male. Um, so, and and then, of course, you know, the, the praise for Putin continues. Trump won't release his taxes, which probably show that he's not a billionaire, and that, in fact, he may have, Many secret deals with Russian oligarchs. He got cut off in New York. Or gangsters. Yeah. Well, or gangsters. Precisely because uh, uh, Trump's lack of 
of transparency regarding his taxes is not just an issue of what is he hiding, but when the New York Times in one of its financial investigations notes that Trump has 530 limited liability corporations, 550 limited liability corporations, that there's this absolute web of opacity that dims any transparency about understanding what his true business dealings are all about. But let's face it, when he reneged on many of these real estate deals um, in New Jersey, which would explain why Hillary Clinton has a 10, over a 10-point lead in that particular state, um, which you would think would be a state Trump would be doing better in, um, this is... Donald Trump's got his own <laughs> concrete shoes, um, to say the least. Uh, well, I mean, let's face it, Vladimir Putin is former KGB. Numerous journalists that have questioned what's going on in Russia today have been murdered under circumstances that have not been explained. There's been crackdowns on political opponents. Well, as W. Pussy riot. Yeah. <laughs> as W. observed at one point in his presidency, uh, this job would be easier if I was a dictator. Uh, yeah. And I think that's clearly the the admiration point there uh, for Putin. Um, but who cares if he's at 82%? That once again demonstrates Donald Trump's complete ignorance of, of polling. <laughs> Who on earth in Russia would answer a poll opposing Putin? <laughs> He'd probably be arrested the next day. The, the question is, why wasn't he getting 95%? Yeah. <laughs> that shows that probably a good number of, of Russians actually have the courage to say, no, I don't support Putin. Uh, you know, Putin has gone into the Ukraine. Now, what's going on in Syria is another Whole ball of wax. Very confusing, very complicated. Um, I have always believed that if the United States and the Soviet Union collaborated in Syria about getting rid of ISIS first and worried about Assad down the road, that uh, ISIS would crumble literally in months. Um, but Putin is not going to put any ground troops in Syria. He's going to do what he's doing, which is using air power to bolster Assad. No question about that. So it's rather remarkable to see that Donald Trump is getting away with this, with his base. Um, can you imagine a Democrat running for president in the 70s <laughs> openly? Boy, you know who's a good leader, that Brezhnev. Great. He's 83% in the polls. I mean, the logic of that is remarkable, and it shows that Trump is in this kind of strange, narcissistic world of adulation. He assumes that because Putin is getting 82%, that he's a great leader, that well, he's strong. Well, because people respect him because they fear him, and his you know constant, you know, oh, well, We've lost respect on the world stage with Obama. America's power is weakened because he's not an assertive leader. 
Uh, There's zero evidence of that. Where Obama is lagging in global support are in uh, Muslim countries where he's been involved in drone warfare. Drone warfare. I don't think anything was even asked about that at the national security interview. Um, It might be nice if we actually had some real questions being asked of these candidates about what's actually happening today and now. Uh, Instead, we have superficial uh, comments about, uh, well, the secret plan. I can take their oil. Um, it's, It's just remarkable. Or Trump's continuing nonsensical assertion that Mexico is going to pay for the wall. Does he understand Spanish? Does he understand English? Well, he understood well enough to sit still and behave while he was there for his visit. It was rather a meek and mild Donald Trump who spoke to the Mexican president. Yeah. None of the bluster and blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing that was bizarre about it was... uh, Mr. Nieto was, you know, he's languishing in in the low 20s in his polling, speaking of polling. So it's rather curious that he would even invite Trump. Uh, The purpose of that escapes me. Hillary Clinton wisely turned that sideshow down. Maybe he was just hoping to score some easy zinger points off of... uh... You know, oh, uh, my my numbers are low. I'll invite Trump, and he's stupid, and he'll say something, and I'll get a bounce off of it. I'll look good. But, of course, what ended up happening was there was an unexpected press conference that, of course, Trump orchestrated. And uh, Nieto looked flat-footed, unprepared, and like a fool. Um, I don't know if Trump is going to be invited to Russia to look into Putin's eyes or to watch him do some, I think, what is this sport? Judo? Horseback riding? Chest bumping. Saber. Saber swinging. Uh, scary stuff. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll see how Hillary Clinton uh, does in a couple of days. Health probably will recover. She doesn't strike me as somebody that's um, weak. Oh, she's not the sickly type. She'll be back up and uh, on the road again in a matter of a couple of days, I would think. I think she just overdid it. I think this is a blip in the in the in the campaign, so to speak. But well, the debate's a week from today, right, or two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. So that that that'll be the the key, and it'll be interesting to see. If Johnson can maintain these uh, eight-point leads in some states. Uh, by the way, I think on the third-party party candidate analysis, you look for states where Stein is uh, is doing better than three to one. If she's, say, it's 11 to five, there are states like that. She's hurting Clinton in those states. And uh, so the third-party candidates may yet uh, play a role in this election, but I doubt it. The facts are usually people at the last second abandon. They'll do better than they have in the past, but I'll be amazed if Johnson gets over 6%. Well, and I'd be surprised, too, if some of these poll numbers aren't based on older folks with landline phones and that the actual numbers turn out to be somewhat strikingly different, but 
We'll have to find out and see, just like everyone else. But you are listening to WCBN on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling coming up next on this fine station. And thanks to Andrew for engineering. Good night.